everybody. Uh, welcome back to Podcast of the Galactic Heroes, Cowboy Bebop season. Um, we're watching episodes 20 to 22 today, uh, and they're great. I, I, don't, oh I mean, I, they're good ones. Yeah, this has two of my favorite episodes in the entire series. Um, one, because they just had so much goddamn fun making it, and the other because they had so much goddamn fun <laughs> making it. <laughs> Yeah, there's a good contrast also totally between these couple of episodes. We get like a horror one and a buddy cop one, and then also just like a wacky kind of almost 80s comedy. It's like, yeah, it's very bizarre because it the first one is like clearly, yeah, like a weird kind of horror thing going on. Yep. And then on the other end, you have... It's like it's weird because it's like shot as kind of like a goofy comedy thing, but at the same time, it's like somewhat serious, <laughs> like to a certain extent. I guess uh, a little. Yeah, I'm a, in a way, you just t- take us away. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so episode twenty is Pierre Lafou, I think. Uh, I don't speak French. Sorry if I butchered that. Um, we see a fat guy walking up to a wall. Well, not a fat guy. His shadow walking up to a wall. Did you know Pierre LeFou is French for clown of foo? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we see the shadow of a fat guy walking up towards a wall, and then he suddenly is just flying around in the sky. Um, we see a bunch of high-angle shots of buildings and like a bunch of harsh lighting. I should say right now, this episode is very, uh, I want to say, like Batman the Animated Series. I was series. literally going to say that. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I said that when we were starting that episode up. Mm-hmm. He bounces around in a very penguin-esque fashion, for well, sure. I'm not going to say like, the penguin aspect of it. I'm saying like, the way it does the harsh light and the way it does deep and dark shadows, the oh, way it does yeah. like yeah. angular the, the, jaw lines the and shit. colors they use are very animated. Yeah, like harsh and desaturated on all the shots. A lot of black, white, uh, like pale yellow, yep. red. Yeah, naked space stuff. But yeah, mm-hmm. so this guy starts flying around the city. Um, we see a bunch. We see a car pull up to the, like this alleyway, and a bunch of goons get out. They're all like you know bodyguard protector types. This guy Extremely tries to go Batman in. Batman goons. Yeah, this guy tries to go in, and um, Pierre, who's the clown, we'll just say that right now, um, mm-hmm. sees him and says, "I'm here to kill you." Uh, we see Spike. He's playing pool. He's in a bar. Uh, he leaves, and as he's leaving outside, he sees the aftermath of Pierre just murdering all these dudes. Oops! And so, like, Spike they saw a murder. Of, they kind of exchange glances, and then they have a shootout. Um, this clown guy is way better than Spike in the fact that he can uh, stop bullets with, like, magic force fields, and also that he just has a lot of guns. kind of makes you a better gunman when you're immune to bullets and your opponent's are. Also, yeah. when you can fly, mm-hmm. when you get access to an axis that your opponent does not have, when you can fly <laughs> above them, and the, you know how much harder you are to shoot <laughs> when you're moving in more axes? It's insane. What we're saying yeah, is he's on- banned from competitive play. <laughs> Absolutely. This guy, the infinites this fool would have, the infinite this fool lands. He has this, this juggle fool combo. Does, yeah, he does this sick fucking like TAC combo. <laughs> like, getting ready to fucking tag the Cyclops, get some Sunday best in here. Iron Man, heavy punch, light punch, heavy punch. <laughs> yeah, so he beats the crap out of Spike, and right as he's about to shoot Spike, um, he goes crazy for no discernible reason and kind of wanders off. And Spike uh, kind of escapes um, after blowing him up and lands himself in a canal. There's a cold chase scene thing going on, but uh, Spike later gets we, away for now. Yeah, well, so we see Jet. He's a talking. Cat with, isn't there? And the guy shoots at the cat. Spike gets away and throws an explosive barrel well, yeah. at him. 
Yeah, they do show the cat at this point. Yeah, yeah. that he like yeah. freaks out at a cat. Yeah, it's not obvious. It, like it's it's clear that like Spike doesn't quite get that yet. Yeah. So um, we see Jet. He's Spike talking to Bob. Spike lucks out a lot. That's another theme yep. of this episode. Is Spike lucks the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, Spike or Jet is talking to Bob, and uh, Bob, being still part of the police force, uh, tells like him, "Well, your buddy's in deep shit now. Uh, this guy is mad Piero. Um, apparently, a bunch of ISSP bigwigs have been getting assassinated in secret, and uh, Piero's like apparently the perfect killing machine. And then everybody that sees him ends up dead. And they have a nice uh, little montage of him murdering some dudes on a bridge. Uh, we see Ed, she gets an email, she shows it to Faye, then the spike, it's for an invitation to a wonderful party, and it's obviously Pierre. Um, Faye, who is smoking in the bathroom, even though everyone is cool with everyone smoking just wherever. <laughs> like, that's just a thing, like, no one gives a shit. Just it's, it's, she's taking yeah. a dump or something. I don't know. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> who knows? <laughs> yeah, so Spike, of course, has to I'm go. I'm not from a time of just smoking wherever. Yeah. That's not a thing I really grew up with. Like, I smoked in college, but that was very specific locations. Like, it was not just a thing like, oh, walking down a hall. Man, might as well have a cigarette. <laughs> like, that's not really a thing. Even though there was a rich motherfucker who was clearly a donor who was walking through the pharmacy building with a stogie lit up at one point. And I was like, that man has too much goddamn money if they're letting him walk through a goddamn building of medicine with a cigar lit. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. So, um, Spike, of course, goes off, flies off to Spaceland, where the party is. Spaceland is a Disneyland homage. Um, he starts walking around. It's empty because it's at night. Uh, he finds uh, Pirat there. They start that firefight. There's a bunch of fun scenes. Uh, Spike goes into this ice jamp, ice ramp. I love the ice <laughs> jamp. Yeah, uh, there's a bunch of uh, roller coaster rides. Uh, he murders Goofy <laughs> in cold blood. Um, he eventually falls off a roller coaster into the water. He really murders Goofy, by the way. He <laughs> like, Goofy several times in the head and then beats the crap out of him. It's a little inexplicable. At some point, you think Spike would have caught on. Ah, this is an animatronic. But no, Spike uses many bullets. Got some Goofy <laughs> issues. Yeah, so we cut over to Jet. Um, he's talking with Ed and telling Ed to hack into the ISCP main- mainframes. Um she does this and she finds the files and we get a flashback of Pierrot, aka this guy named Tangpu. Um, he was experimented on to make make himself a perfect assassin, but like during the experimentation, like it kind of drove him insane and reverted him to like a childlike state. Uh, so like the ISSP tried to wrap it all up and put the lid on it, but he escaped from jail and just kind of went on a killing spree originally just to take revenge on people, but then just did it for fun. Turns out the guy that you made unkillable and the perfect mega assassin. Not that great when he stops liking you. Yeah. Also, during the experiments, there was a cat. Uh, oh yeah, there, that's important. For some reason, it had two different colored eyes. It two did. different colored hmm. eyes, which again, Spike lucks out the episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Pirat is chasing Spike, Spike around. Uh, Faye shows up in her red tail and tries to help him out, but she gets uh, kind of blown up and crash lands. This guy um, is way too good for both of them put together, basically. Yeah. This guy is comedically dangerous is the thing like he at one point opens his coat and has every, every weapon All which guns. weapon every weapon like you know in like GoldenEye for the N64 when you have like <laughs> yes. every weapon and it takes like a solid like 30 seconds to cycle through everything in your inventory and it's like how does he do it it's like James Bond just has a lot of Velcro well this motherfucker does do that like he opens his <laughs> coat and it's like six bazookas like three grenade launchers like two AKs he's just kind of like ah, I have everything it's great 
Yeah, so more shootout occurs. Spike eventually gets um, the drop, or Spike eventually has the drop on him, and then um, like they're in a standoff situation, and like he shoots Spike's gun out of his hand, and so Spike thinks he's about to die because he's about to get shot. But there's like this parade of like animatronics just walking down the street. This is an insanely dangerous parade, by the way. Yeah, there's no like fail safes for them stopping, but there there are so many times in this theme park where. There will be a thing that says, be careful. Hey, it's dangerous. There will be like warning signs, but nothing to prevent you yes. from getting murdered. It's really good. Like No handrails, I like it as just a, warnings. Yeah, as a future hell park. Yeah, it's like a hologram of a fence that's like, don't walk through this. But <laughs> then you can just walk through it and then like a lion will kill you. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, so they're about to, he's about to shoot Spike. Spike, like, dodges out of the way and throws a knife at him. The knife hits him, but Spike also gets shot. But Pirata is like, he actually, I guess the knife goes through his force field thing. Uh, the slow knife penetrates the force field. He can only stop field. bullets. It's just, it's just science. Yeah. It's like some weird kinetic oh, reaction of, like, it's fast enough. Kevlar and a stop proof vest. Yeah, know? there you go. He yeah. doesn't know the weird anyway. <laughs> The thing, too, is it's like uh, Piro gets distracted for a second because as that weird parade runs by, like one of the flashes uh, catches him super off guard because it like has a glint across Spike's eyes, which makes the two different colored eyes like flare for a second. And that freaks him out because it reminds him of the cat's eyes. Yeah, exactly. Again, Spike lucks out the episode. (laughs) It's literally he got distracted because of like a weird post-traumatic stress issue and flinched for a second so the knife hits him in the leg and since he is you know mentally reverted into just a baby basically just a very powerful baby uh getting stabbed just ruins him and he rolls around on the ground screaming and crying in pain he hasn't been hit like this entire episode up to this point yeah, so yeah, he has the knife in him He's rolling around. He's inconvenienced by bullets. <laughs> so. He has his knife in him rolling around, and I guess, like you said, there's no, like, stoppages for any of these safety measures. So the parade, one of the giant, like, there's a parade animatronic that's, like, four or five stories tall. It just steps on him. And, uh, Death by Goofy. <laughs> yeah. And then at the end of the episode of Spike calling with a bunch of info, and Spike's like, I, I don't need it anymore. I hate We finally it. figured out who he is. Yeah. Yeah, they call him, they're like, he's got a weakness to cat. I don't care. I don't care. I want to go home. <laughs> Fuck theme parks. The best thing is, the Japanese uh, language, he doesn't make any mention of this, but in the English dub, they added in him at the end saying, I hate theme parks, which is like so good for Spike, because Spike has historically hated just like kind of fakey bullshit. Like that's kind of a thing he's not into at all. So just seeing that, it's a beautiful addition to the character. It totally makes sense for a guy who also hates like kids and animals that he would probably also hate theme parks. And he's also watching the Disneyland parade that just murdered this man walk by like full lights and sounds barely escaping with his life here <laughs> yeah this episode's pretty simple and it's like Fuck. plot and stuff but it's definitely all style that they uh went oh, through it's so good they have so like the ice jump just all of the animation <laughs> in the ice jump the art is way too good for it being fucking ice jam a, a fucking theme park ride that he wanders into and there's a little pixie sprite that just keeps saying it's dangerous here you should leave uh, yeah. <laughs> hey let's play outside it's dangerous to be in here and then he almost gets fucking no scoped by like a penguin sled at 75 miles an hour <laughs> oh man i i love the use of color especially in 
in the amusement park. There's just some really good contrasting and sharp colors that they use. More yeah, one than of the fun things. Any other episode before, it, it's very, very impressive. Yeah, one of the and fun things they do. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say so much of the intro is like so low color definitively. Like there's the pool at the beginning, obviously, with all the pool balls. But like outside of that, it's a lot of like dark alleys that are mostly black and white. Like yep. again, little bits of like pale yellows to light stuff. And but like little splashes and details of color here and there. And most scenes are even like monochromatic, like even the colorful ones, like the explosion when Spike flies out of the hallway, that's still like mostly just orange and red across the board. And then it goes back to like black and white for the ocean and whatnot. So they spend a lot of this episode without color and then just explode into it once you hit the carnival. Yeah, the fun line is just full of really good, really good use of color. Yeah, one of the things I was going to say is uh, when he first goes into the amusement park, like he lands a jet and everything, it's at night and everything's like turned off. And as he's walking around, like there's an extended shot for like 45 seconds of him just walking and all you hear is footsteps. And they show these static shots of like the theme park just at night, dark. But once he finds Pierrot inside, like he turns on everything. And so it's the same static shots, but this time in motion with full of color yeah. as they show like all the same things. So mm-hmm. I thought that was a pretty fun. But yeah, like I said earlier, this is all, like, the entirety of this episode was just harsh lighting and a lot of, like, static into a lot of action, which made me, like, reminded me of the Batman animated series, the way they always did, like, that dark and brooding and then, like, explosions of action at times. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, well, the flashback too, the flashback sequence of Perot when they like find his background is just like really sharp white. Like everything yes. is flat white across the board. It's really the bright. The entire thing is fisheye. Every single shot in there is fisheye, which goes well with the eye motifs that were shown in the flashback. Like there's yeah. a lot of shots of his eyes, of the cat's eyes. Yeah, and I also love mm-hmm. like how basically when as soon as Ed accesses the file uh, with his past in it, you're suddenly just warped straight over to there like it you know it's not even a video playing it's not them watching a video it's him Tongpu living it as they do all this awful shit to him there's also some fun animation things i liked in this episode uh, for example when ed found the email she uh, showed yes. it to Faye and also spike and she was just like kind of like prancing around with a computer on her head and, holding like, up the crt and she can't read it yeah, and Faye has to, like, hold it still. But even as, like, it holds Ed's head still, like, she's still squirming around underneath it. Yeah, it's like how, like, a chicken is gyroscopically stabilized. <laughs> Basically. There's another good one I like of uh, when Spike lands the swordfish and gets out at the amusement park. Like, he jumps out of it and, like, he immediately kind of doubles over because he's hurt and he has his rib hurt. But then he, like, kind of straightens himself up and goes and, like, stretches and then, like, hunches over like he normally walks around. Like, he's putting on a show. Oh God! When Faye gets shot down, um, and she's just like lying in a in a in a heap in her cockpit, and one of the animatronics just like leans down. And it's like hello there, and she hi. She's like, the hi. English VA has one of the, just the most fantastic just highs. It's so good. <laughs> she's just like, yep, he got me. Another thing I really liked is the way they animate Perot flying. Mm. Like, it's not just he, like, moves straight up and just kind of moves around. Like, he's, he's like, levitating. almost Baron Harkonnen-esque, like, from the Dune movie, where he's just kind of, like, flying sideways and backwards and upside down and he's bouncing, like yeah. And it, he is a balloon, and yeah. Like, in one of the assassination flashbacks, when they show him flying away, it's almost comedic in how he's, like, swimming and flailing around. Like, he's, like, yeah. kicking his legs together and shit to, like, float away. And it's, it, it, it's very... It, it, 
plays really well because it's like supposed to be like very comedic and goofy, and he is very much just murdering people, <laughs> like v- like no fun, just shooting them in the head and then leaving. But yeah, it, it plays really well, and like it, it almost feels like it plays with the he's like super childlike. Like he probably doesn't need to do that shit to fly around. He could probably just be perfectly still and just Fuck float it. wherever. You're flying, but that's fun shit. Yeah, he's, he's like a kid, a, yeah. he's like a goofy kid, so he's like bouncing around and shit. Yeah. And that, that's one of the last things, too, is once uh, Spike, in the last part of the episode, throws the knife into him and he starts doubling over, like, the shot of him, like, in pain is, like, needlessly long. Not yes. needlessly long, but, like, purposely long. And, like, he's just kind of riding there while Spike just watches. And, of course, there's a dramatic irony of him getting stepped on because of this. It's, it's like, almost the Austin Powers thing, like, move out of the way. But it, it, it's really just funny to see, like, how this, like, super assassin was just stropped by a simple knife. It's like this single static shot that goes on for so long and you know that it's coming. You know how this is going to end the entire time, but it really makes you wait for it. And Spike is just dealing with the fact that like the most terrifying thing he has ever faced has now been brought to his knees and is rolling around on the ground crying and screaming for mommy. And it's like just beyond surreal spike is in maybe the most surreal situation he's been in and he shot a child in the head with a crystal jack (laughs) he magically returned time to an old man with a special bullet so like spike's been on one or two the the end of this is definitely uh similar to that one of the episodes where spike just ends up standing in front of a dead body surprised he's not the dead body (laughs) yeah like this is the wildest situation and just kind of being like well, All I don't right. really have anything to say about this. I, <laughs> like, I cannot add anything here. I won. Mm-hmm. Woohoo. Yeah. Also, I got to give shout outs to the tracks that they use in this episode. Um, it was on the run, an amusement park. They're like needless, like they're super creepy. Like the amusement park one is just like an amusement park tune, but it's like out of key and slowed down and stuff. And on the run has this like running baseline with a bunch of like metal screeching in it. It uh, adds to the. I don't know. Them. Yeah, they play up some like weird kind of like industrial rhythms too during the uh, Tong Poo flashback mm. sequence that like really plays up the tension and the unease. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, with Spike murdering the uh, goofy animatronic, he hates kids and he mm-hmm. hates animals. I'm willing to bet he actually doesn't know what an animatronic is. <laughs> so I'm betting his parents did not take him to Chuck E. Cheese. Spike has never heard of Goofy. <laughs> For all Spike knows, this fool can transmogrify into a horrible Goofy, so <laughs> no chances. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of like off-brand Goofies and Donald Ducks in this episode. And <laughs> Wait, what did, what did they call uh, Mickey and Minnie? What was it? Manny and... M- like Mackie and Manny Mac or something? There we go. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I also like how, like, this isn't a job or anything. This is just Spike walked out of a bar at the wrong time. Yeah, this is the most b- bad situation that they, like, and the best part is Faye, uh, after the first interaction that he has with Pierre LeFou, where he, like, barely gets out, he's, again, like, mummied up on the ship, <laughs> just, like, wrapped up in bandages and shit, and Faye gives him crap and is like, this is your fault, you just always invite trouble, like, why would you do this? And this is the one time where it's, like, not even Spike's fault a little <laughs> bit, <laughs> like, he just walked outside, and he even, like, stops and, like, has a moment of, like, I should probably go and then Fufu turns around and is just like hello boy and that's <laughs> that's the end that's that it. was the mistake that sounds good yeah. too because like 
Spike walks out of the alley, sees what has happened, and they just they stand there for like a couple seconds. And then it goes into the animation of them talking to each other. Like they're both trying to realize, oh fuck, what do I do? Yep. Before they start up. <laughs> you were not supposed to see this. So I guess uh, episode 21 is Boogie Woogie Fun Shui. It's the one everyone forgot. I don't mind this episode. It's not too bad. No, it's fine. It's fine. You just forget it. It's in between (laughs) two amazing episodes and your brain just kind of forgets it. And it's like weirdly just kind of doing an Indiana Jones thing in a way that makes it sort of forgettable. I read more detective story out of it, but... Yeah, for me, this just reads as, like, pure Indiana Jones up and down to the point of, like, putting a gem in a staff so that it lights up a thing <laughs> in a special way and opens a <laughs> hole, you know? Like, that, it is extremely fucking Indiana Jones. Like, he gets a little helper friend that, well, we'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to short round. Also, big <laughs> Shenmue vibes as well. Yeah, there's also a Shenmue thing going, yeah. that's Oh, extremely Shenmue, yeah. So um, the episode starts with Jet giving kind of like a detective style narration over some shots. Um, he you got can an tell it's a Jet episode when he starts narrating. Yeah, it's really detective story. Uh, he got an email from an old acquaintance named Pow. Uh, the message was, quote, seek the holy beast of Arnaz. I am where the four gods meet. And that's it. So um, Jet does some looking in. Pow was a fun shui master. Um, Jet looked around and he found out, oops, he's dead. So he goes to visit his grave. At his grave, he finds a young woman whose name is Mayfa. Uh, that's his daughter. They're attacked by the Blues Brothers. They're straight up the Blues Brothers. Um, <laughs> is that them, boss? <laughs> yeah, they, they're goofy and they're the, the, the Blues Brothers. So, yeah, they uh, they get shot at and they escape by... She has this, like... And this, to me, is, again, a very Indiana Jones thing of just... There is a generic organization with mooks in suits that shoot guns at yep. Indy and his pal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, they escape back to the Bebop. Uh, Spike, Ed, and Faye are curious about the new girl that Jet brought back. Uh, Jet and Mayfay catch up a bit. Uh, She asks about his relationship with Jet. Um, He knew Pow before, and apparently it comes out that Pow died in a transport accident to Jupiter while in hyperspace. Uh, No one outside the family knows that, so it's kind of weird that Jet got the email out of the blue. And uh, Mayfay thinks that uh, he knew that the accident was going to happen or something. And so she immediately starts going off of the tangents, like, we have to go find the Sunstone, and Jet has no idea what this is. It's like, what the fuck is that? And she doesn't say anything. So we get a montage of them looking forward to around the city. Um, Jet's speaking over this, saying, like, I didn't really have to do it, but I did it anyway. Uh, we get an info dump of them talking about chi of the land and the heavens and the sky and how this works in the feng shui and how this can be used to change luck and all that. Uh, they eat ice cream while doing this. The ice cream um, seems good. Yeah, it's, it's some character building for Jet because like it shows in the scene that like he's kind of like a big brother or almost father figure to her. But um, they eventually find their way to the top of this hotel that Mefa thinks is going to be um, the Anzan from the Note. Um, while they're up there, they find kind of these allegories for the four gods that based in the architecture around the city, and so like they know they're on the right path. And Mefa uses this thing called a lopan. It's like kind of looks like a Chinese Astral checkers lane. board. But it has it's like an astrolabe. Gem. Yeah. Yeah. And she uses it to find the sunstone, which is located at a statue in the bottom of the hotel. Yeah, someone so, just left that shit out there, I guess. Yeah, it's in one of those, what are those dragons or those lion statues with the big mouths? Those things. Anyway. Just lion statues, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, Jet notices that the Blues Brothers are still following them around, so he sets up kind of an ambush and interrogates one of them. They're from the Blue Snake Syndicate, and they're looking for Pow, and, but the guys are so low-level, they don't really have any info aside from that. 
Uh, they go back to the Bebop. They figure out the uh, Sunstone is a piece of the moon from the gate accident. And it has like a lot of space-time energy or some bullshit in it. And that's good feng shui. Yeah. Aang uh, just picks up the stone and puts it near the Lopan and it starts moving. And, good dog. Yeah. And um, apparently it resonates <laughs> yeah. with other stones. <laughs> And then she thinks I'm this is a little They have like the, their divine intervention is just a dog. It's a smart dog. Yeah, it's a smart dog. Exactly. Yeah. There's no way anyone's going to solve this puzzle. And then the dog does it because <laughs> the dog is the smartest person on the ship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So apparently these stones resonate with other stones of the same type. And um, she thinks that it's going to lead her to her father. So the Bebop leaves Mars for Jupiter um, on the trip. Uh, Mayfoot asks about her dad, and Jet tells her that, like, listen, he worked for the syndicate for a bit. He wanted to leave, um, so he kind of pushed you and your mother away so you wouldn't get hurt because that's how the syndicate gets to people. Um, while they're in hyperspace to Jupiter, they are follow- followed. They Oh, they follow the Lopan thing, but, like, they don't find anything because, like, it's leading them to, like, the side of the hyperspace tunnel. It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. They're in the middle of the hyperspace gate, and that's where the stone yeah. wants them to be. So they're attacked by the Blues Brothers ship again. Uh, Spike and Faye go out to stop them. Uh, Jet comes up with this wacky plan. This is like if they apply a bunch of energy to the Sunstone, it might do something, like explode? If we shoot it with a gun, pew, pew. That's my plan. Anyway, I started blasting, so they flush it out in uh, the toilet, and Spike shoots it with his plasma beam. It opens up a hole in kind of the side of the hyperspace lane, and there's a ship there, and it's POW. Um... Jet tries to get out, uh, tries to get Pal out of the hole, but like apparently, like there's magic physics or something, and they can't do that. He's trapped in another dimension and yeah. running out of air. So, um, Pal is happy that like his feng shui plan made Jet bring Mayfa to him, but Jet like turns it around, says like, "Hey, she's here because of free will, not because of like space magic, feng shui, or whatever." And uh, Mayfa like breaks in and says like, "Hey, Dad, I hated you because you're left, but now that you're here, uh, I can understand why you did it." And they kind of make up, and the hole closes. And the end of the episode is them wrapping up, saying everything returned to normal, but Jet is no longer looking at horoscopes, which has nothing to do with Fun Shui, but, you know. <laughs> well, it's because earlier on, she when he was, like, uh, talking about... Uh, I can't remember what it was, like, fortune tellers or whatever. And she's like, those people are bullshit. Like, anyone trying yeah. to tell the future, like, that's made up. That's garbage. Like, uh, the only thing like... Yeah, she's like, feng shui isn't about telling the future. It's about changing bad luck into good luck, et cetera, et cetera. And um, so at the end, yeah, he's just kind of like, yeah, so I guess since all of that was real, that means fortune telling is probably bullshit. <laughs> she knew what she was talking about, I guess. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> smart kid. <laughs> <laughs> Dad's in an interdimensional hole and dead. Yeah, right? so one of the things I liked most about this part, this episode, is like the showing the Mars City, just yes. the background and how like it's set up. It's like a combination of like rundown, like Hong Kong style stuff, also like huge skyscrapers, and then like all these like the the graveyard they have is just this mound in the middle of an intersection of skyscrapers, but it looks real cool. It's super like, efficient like, usage of space. Like the uh, graveyard, yeah, the graveyard's at like a huge angle because you could bury more bodies that way in it. Like, yeah, and like later on, they're in this park, but it's on top of a huge skyscraper. And like people are doing feng shui in the park up there, or tai chi, sorry, in the park. Yeah, and that's where it's he learns fun. how to do kung fu from the master. <laughs> yeah, it also like the little things of them running into the shop earlier and ordering the bottle, which he uses the beat up Blues Brothers. It just looks like a very traditional shop and everything. It's just good story, a good uh, like I don't know environmental design and whatnot. 
yeah, location setting. Yeah, that was a very good moment, though, of him specifically being like, a bottle, I don't need a glass. Because you, the viewer, immediately know what's about. Like, <laughs> someone's about to get brained with this shit. And that's all there is to it. It's also fun, yeah. too, because he puts one of those guys in, like, an arm lock. And the guy's like, I'm not going to tell you anything. And he squeezes the little bit of guy's like, okay, okay, I'll tell you everything. <laughs> like, he yeah, does it twice. With, with, with the fake arm, too. So, yeah. like, you've got to think that thing can probably put out a pretty ridiculous amount of force. A mega so, like, ah. if you will. Yeah. <laughs> Cyber noogie. <laughs> yeah, the scene earlier in the episode where Spike and Faye are, tr- are spying on Jet and they think it's either his girlfriend or his love child. And then, like, Ed goes and brings her peeps or something. Yes, uh, they are peeps. And, uh, yeah, those little treats. The treats the that they had treats. found earlier. From Earth, yeah. yeah. And Ed just starts blurting that out and Jet is super embarrassed. There's some good facial reaction shots there. Thanks, Ed. I, yeah, there's also just, like, all the narration is just completely stereotypical detective story framing of how he goes about it which is i don't know i like that sort of stuff it's tropey but it works for yeah. this i will say that what this episode kind of feels like is when you know you have like a live action tv show and it has episodes that have lots of special effects and lots of action and then they have to kind of budget so they have like the episodes that are like kind of smaller scale, uh, less bombastic, but often quite personal. It kind of feels like that kind of episode. Like the, we've spent a lot on the previous episode's animation. We kind of need to go a little (laughs) bit lower on this one. Especially with the next one where everything blows up all the time. (laughs) This is definitely a low cost one to to to, to balance out the other two. There's also one fun thing. Uh, towards the end, Faye and Spike are smoking in the kitchen because I guess he got kicked out of the main lobby. Oh, yeah, and they Faye start smoking yeah. around her and she starts coughing and Jet's immediately like, no smoking zone. Yeah, <laughs> so, so they have to start finding stupider off. places to start smoking. Yeah, they're smoking yeah, in the well, kitchen. Yeah, like, smoking Faye's on the uh, deck with cans in their hands, just like tapping their, just ashing into the cans. Nope. Like, ah, oh, god damn it. <laughs> yeah, so they're talking ship, in the kitchen about it and... Uh, Faye has this line saying like righteous guys always fall for the younger women like not knowing that that's what happened previously to her in that other episode yeah and it's funny because Spike is like oh really and she like totally like misses it (laughs) (laughs) so really there's only one question for the end of this episode how'd you get to Wang's eye god God. she fucking looks like Shenmue (laughs) This Shenmue, whatever the. F- I'm looking <laughs> for even sailors. Do <laughs> you know of the four voodoo? <laughs> they're so big, it's. I'm looking oh, for the sailors, three blades. They're so big, it's easy to miss them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she looks straight up fucking Shenmue. Anyway, uh, let's just go to episode 22. Cowboy Funk may be one of my favorite episodes. Cowboy Funk. Oh boy, Cowboy Funk. This episode whips ass. Fuck yeah. I love Cowboy Funk. So we see a shot of a security guard placing teddy bears around a skyscraper. Uh, he's kind of grinning and chuckling to himself. Uh, he goes down an, ele- an escalator, and uh, Spike is there and kind of starts talking with him, putting teddy bear back on his shoulder, and he's freaking out about that. But this is the world's like, longest escalator, by the way. Yes, it's huge. It's gigantic. Yeah, so it's they, like 40 floors. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, so they start talking back and forth, and it's kind of obvious they know who each other are, and eventually they just come out and say it. Um, he's like, I'm going to arrest you, Teddy Bomber. And Teddy's like, I know who you are, Spike Spiegel. And Spike's kind of impressed by this. People know guy, me? 
Yeah, and so the security guard, who's Teddy the bomber, um, says like, yeah, everybody dreads getting captured by you or Andy. He's like, who's Andy? So Teddy threatens and tries to blow up the bombs, but nothing happens because Spike took out the detonators and kind of beats him up. And then he starts asking, he's like, so why did you, why are you blowing up all these buildings? So Teddy starts going into his monologue, but then you hear whistling and out of nowhere, a horse and a man. will be my favorite fucking bit of yeah, the episode. It's so good. <laughs> Every time the Teddy bomber starts explaining, he goes... Well, I'm trying to send a warning to everyone and then gets cut off by a dipshit on a horse. <laughs> yeah, so a horse and a man dressed up in very stereotypical cowboy getup, whose name is Andy, jump through the window and immediately accuse Spike of being the bomber. Uh, they start arguing. Teddy just goes and leaves and Spike tries to chase him, but he gets lassoed. Uh, Teddy then runs outside and blows up the bombs in like a huge section. That, that wasn't the only bomb, you idiot! And blows yeah, up and the a huge building. section of the skyscraper just falls down. Um, Andy kind of is like, oops, I got that wrong, and just kind of rides off into the sunset. <laughs> and he specifically, after having, while having a, like, a Spike lassoed up behind him, sees the building, like a huge chunk of it, fall down and goes, ah, shit. <laughs> yeah, it's such <laughs> a good cool next time. Just a... Just a, ah, I really shitted it up. The best part for this for me is just, I love thinking of this episode as like, it's more of the confrontation between Spike and his inherent desire to do stupid yeehaw cowboy shit. (laughs) Like, because Andy is the peak of all of his stupid yeehaw cowboy shit, like, behaviors to the point of like, all of the stupid destruction that needlessly happens. Like later on, he starts incurring a, bo- a bunch more of it, but like right away, just his need to ride in, make a big scene bust through a window. And, yeah. Bust through a fucking window on a horse and just hold someone up with a gun and be like, Oh, I'm just doing it on instinct. I'm just, I'm just feeling it out. And like, because of that stupid instinct, <laughs> they're fucked. Like it's so bad. It's such a bad situation. It's great. <laughs> I also love that so, the guy doesn't just leave. He uh, he kind of tramples a spike. He high ho silvers straight over Spike and leaves her friends. On him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So back on the bebop, uh, Spike is telling Faye and Jet about this, and they don't believe his story at all. And he's and like, like, look, look at the at footprints. These so- friends. How do you think that happened? The horse is believable, like, but a cowboy, an actual a cowboy. cowboy in regular cowboy garments in this day and age. <laughs> yeah, and so Ed finds out that he's a YMCA member, which is a young man's cowboy association member, but he got kicked out <laughs> for being too rowdy. A stupid joke. For, for I love causing it. too much trouble, for being too rowdy. rowdy yeah, boy. too rowdy of a cowboy. Got too rowdy yeah. of a YMCA. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't so think Faye that was Jet's possible, like, but there you go. <laughs> yeah, Faye and Jet's like, that sounds like someone we know. So they... Um, they oh, and they also find out that he was like uh, just the son of a very rich man. So like there's no need for him to be doing this shit. He's clearly doing it again just for a desire for Yeehaw Cowboy shit. <laughs> like a he, thrill of he has no Like he... He doesn't have a tragic backstory that led him to this kind of life. He doesn't have the skills required because of his time in his syndicate. He doesn't have all this stuff. He's just an asshole who wants to do yeehaw cowboy shit 24-7. But he's also pretty good at it, apparently. Like He's also really good at it, yeah. <laughs> when you do what you love. Yeah, yeah there you go. Yes. Yeah. So the crew tries to go after Teddy Bomber again. Uh, this time they're at a masquerade party. Um, they find him. He's dressed up like a teddy bear, which is funny. They're like, kind of obvious, dude. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, they're going to go capture him. Um, but then Andy rides his horse oh, into the party. Oh, no, no. He doesn't just ride his horse <laughs> into the party. This he rides the elevator <laughs> to yes. the party. So this is on like a a, tall, like a high floor. So the elevator dings and out comes this horse from this <laughs> elevator. Everyone's turning and looking at this guy who just had a horse in a lift walking into the party. And it's great because like... Yeah, Faye and Jet both immediately are like, fuck me running. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. it's There's an a, actual, an actual shot of Faye there. choking on her martini, which is great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm just like, you're fucking kidding me. It's a cowboy idiot on a horse. You've got to be kidding no me. Way. Yeah, so Andy goes over and confronts Jet thinking he's the uh, teddy bomber. And Spike's like, hi, I told you. And then he confronts Spike again. And Spike's like, you idiot, you saw me yesterday. And while this is happening, like the t- teddy bomber is really pissed. And he wants like he the attention. Just, yeah. So he just starts setting off bombs and people start fleeing. There's like a mob rush. Um, eventually, Fag and Andy get in the same elevator um, and chase Teddy Bomber down to the bottom floor and they follow him out. He gets in his car and there's a car slash horse chase. We cut over the Spike who's in the swordfish and he is super pissed. Um, he starts firing at Andy for whatever reason and Andy starts returning fire yeah. as they run through the city. Both of them are just, like, tearing shit up and causing way more damage than the Teddy Bomber. This is just, like, shooting shit, like, blowing out windows with, like, again, ship rounds. (laughs) Like, it's crazy. This is probably one of the highest collateral episodes we've seen so far in the series. Yeah. yeah. And he just pulls out Spike's worst habits of Yeehaw Cowboy <laughs> shit, and it's real dangerous. Yeah, there's a shot of like one of the rounds hitting next to Teddy's car, and he crashes it. And like he thinks that Andy is about to come and, you know, capture him. But Andy just rides right by, shooting up into the sky. And so, like, Teddy gets really like confused on why this is even happening. Because, of course, he's still chasing Spike instead of him. Yeah, we get a because long shot after that of just the being... blowing shit up. <laughs> Yeah, despite being, like, the bounty and, in theory, the antagonist, he is not even a little the main part of the episode. <laughs> like, this this episode is called Cowboy Funk, not Teddy Funk Time. Like, there is a very good reason for yep. it. This is the story of Spike and his inner idiot <laughs> dealing it, like, really hashing it out. <laughs> so we cut over to what uh, Andy's ship. From the outside, the ship looks super nice, like a yacht. And on the inside, it's like the tackiest, like, cowboy-themed restaurant you've ever been in. Um, and Faye, Faye is there, is, and, like, yeah, Jesus Faye is fucking there, Christ. She is so annoyed by all this. But uh, she starts faking interest in him, trying to get information from him. Uh, she asks, like, why would you bounty hunt? And he's like, oh, I love it. And, like, he's, like, completely full of himself while he does all this. Yeah, she's just like, isn't it unnecessarily really dangerous and risky to do that shit? And he's like... Yeah, but uh, I'm bored. He's like, you know, yeah. it just it suits me better. Yeah. <laughs> so um, after this, Faye comes back to the Bebop and brings back a bunch of soup. He made her soup out on his ship. And Spike is just super annoyed. He doesn't want anything to do with him. doesn't want the soup. It's also they... just canned soup, like, that he branded. <laughs> like, he presents it to her like he cooked it, but he, he took the Campbells out of the cabinet is what he did. <laughs> Yeah, and so they continue teasing Spike for acting like Andy. Uh, they tune in the big shots with just playing on TV. Big shot guys are really happy. Well, they're happy because they got a letter from the Teddy, like a manifesto. And so the Judy character starts to read it, but then they get cut off and run the credits because they don't have time. Yeah, they get cut off specifically <laughs> when they're about to say why he does it. The reason it. I'm doing like they, she's reading from a scroll and she's like kind of trying to skip through it, and 
the credits roll over. She's like, sorry, Mr. Bomber guy. Or sorry, like, Taddy. <laughs> TB. Yeah, she TB. Calls him TB. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, TB. We'll have to catch you next time. <laughs> it's beautiful. And so they're trying to figure out, like, they start wondering, like, oh, where, where's he going to go next? And Ed's like, oh, yeah, he's just targeting the tallest buildings. It's super easy. It's so fucking and, funny, too, because he, he's also like, in order to find it, you'll have to figure out the pattern in my bombings to find where I'll strike twice. And it's just like, he's striking the tallest buildings in order. The next tallest is this one. <laughs> it's City Hall. Yeah. So Jet, uh, Jet and Faye are like, I'm out. We're not dealing with this. Spike is like so angry he has to get it done. So we cut to outside the City Hall. Teddy is waiting there for Spike. Spike shows up, but he's like looking around and just ignores him, waiting for Andy. And when Andy does ride in on his horse, they were immediately at each other's necks, yelling at each other. <laughs> it's great. Like the Teddy Bobber series was like, well, the reason I, I can't believe you're late. I'm so mad. Well, at least you're not ignoring me right now. So the reason I, and Spike's like, shut up. Shut up. You hear that whistle? Listen for horses. <laughs> yeah. Like, and they even have a part where like, just there's whistling, but it's not quite the same tune. And it's just an old man walking by and Spike's just like, not him. And then Teddy tries to start talking and he's like, shut up. And then the whistling does start with Andy. Yeah. Andy rides up and they immediately are just like, son of a bitch, I'll kill you <laughs> to each other. Just ignoring Teddy entirely. Like he is just the vector that they're meeting through. <laughs> yeah. So Teddy's pissed that he's being ignored. And then eventually both Spike and Andy yell at him. And Andy says like, I don't even know who you are. And this like tips off Teddy. So he blows up the fountain there in front of her runs away um they start chasing him and eventually they get in the elevators uh teddy is yelling at them over the radio saying like oh, i've reverted the code so like they're my bombs are at the top and when you reach the top of this building they're gonna blow you up and so he sends them on up and spike and andy are both uh very kind of smug about it like well yeah i reverted the codes i knew he was gonna do this and then they realize they both reverted the code so it's back where it was and so they can't get out of the elevator and andy just starts like shooting wildly and shit um, yeah, they, they both basically going... had a plan to escape from the Teddy Bomber's plan, but they fucked up each other's plans, and now they're going to die to giant bombs. Hell yeah. Oops. Yeah, so the elevator gets up to the roof and explodes. Um, we see Teddy down below saying, like, well, those guys were idiots, but they were also kind of brave. Farewell. And then he turns around and gets punched in the face by Faye, knocked out. Um, her and Jet are just kind of standing there with binoculars watching Spike and Andy on the roof and they're like those monkeys are going at it whatever just let them do it it's three million wulongs so we might as well make the trip out yeah so they start they're so mad at each other that despite being on the edge of a building on the outside of an elevator assembly that has blown up they start climbing up the side of the building so they can get to solid ground so he can kick your fucking ass. <laughs> I can't beat your ass until we get to the roof. So fucking they start running up the side of the building in one in like a need to one up each yep. other in Yeehaw Cowboy shit. And it's so good. And yeah. this whole end sequence is just It's Spike a Sergio Leone showdown. Trying, like that's straight up. Yeah. Yeah, they're trying to one-up each other and prove, no, I'm the bigger cowboy idiot. <laughs> and it's amazing. And also, like, they're both so on tilt that they just keep fucking up. Like, Spike accidentally <laughs> steps on the edge of a thing and it falls, the broken thing, and it falls over. And, yeah. like, he just keeps, the he's very unspike-like in this fight, and it's beautiful. Yeah, he normally has his cool pretty well contained, but now he's just you know, be flipped. like water. And then this time he's just like blah, blah, blah. be like fire, <laughs> like, be like the Tasmanian <laughs> devil. Fuck this guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, they have like a shootout, and they eventually start getting into like a fist fight. Um, Spike falls off the side of the building for a little bit and falls down, and he's like pissed and annoyed, and like he just loses it and slams his fist on the desk next to him, and like this causes most of the building to collapse. Well, 
An entire so, stretch of like the top floor falls off the building with yeah, Andy so on Andy, it. Yeah, Andy climbs himself back up and uh, he's like, wow, you're the bigger cowboy. Uh, I give up. You win. And as he's saying this, his horse comes out of the altar. <laughs> and he's like, I'm going to go find another way of life. Cuts and then he just Ding. rides off. Horse. <laughs> and it's so great, too, because it's like the one thing Spike hates more than anything is just this fake victory of him just being like, yeah, all right, you win. Bye. <laughs> it just leaves. Gives him his it's fucking so hat. Good. It's oh, like, gives him the CU space cowboy. Spike has <laughs> such good expressions for this entire thing. He looks confused and pissed off and just, just unable to do anything about it. Just stand there and look at the smile. There's no way that's me. There's no way that's me. Oh, <laughs> fuck. So it cuts back to the bebop. Um, Spike is eating the soup and he's very smug saying like, oh, I never really cared about Andy. He wasn't on the same level as me, you know, being <laughs> such a huge jackass. Uh, it yeah, cuts- he is he is fisherman's tailing the shit out of this right now. He's like, <laughs> yeah, and Andy was strong enough to punch a bear, but you know me. Like, it's like that kind of <laughs> and shit. And Jet's like poking holes in his story. Yeah, he's yeah. just like, uh-huh. And it's great, too. Mm. And then just kind of like ignoring him at some point. Yeah, just being like, uh-huh. Yeah, and <laughs> Spike's just like, hey, are you listening <laughs> to my ca- Yeehaw Cowboy shit? It was awesome. Come on. <laughs> and so, yeah, the last scene is uh, Teddy is in a cop wagon. And he's finally has someone who wants to listen to him. The cop asked him why he did it. And he's explaining, like, oh, it's because of all the capitalism without philosophy. And, you know, we keep colonizing things for no reason and whatever. And they're tall and so- buildings, which I bombed. Like, it's this huge, deep thing that Ed fit, figured out in 10 seconds. Yeah, and then, like, they see outside that Andy is riding on his horse whistling, uh, but this time he's dressed as a samurai. And Call so, me Musashi. Um, yeah, he just rides off into the sunset. And the Teddy Bomber says, I guess it was all for nothing. I guess it was all bullshit in the end, which is the best way to respond to Cowboy Andy is... Ah, the irreverent bullshit. Or, I'm sorry, Samurai Andy. I should be respectful of his change in profession. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of good animation in this episode. Um, one of the first ones I really like is when Spike confronts him on the escalator and after he runs off of it, he shows him the debt pin, throws it up in the air, and then there's four quick shots of him just kicking and punching Teddy in the face and then catching the pin as it falls down. Also, him, uh, Andy, whistling as the horse jumps through the window the first time. So, like, I love that bit, too. Like, the fact that at fir- the first time it happens, like, you know, it's just fucking cowboy music in the background and he busts through. And there's no one around to really react to it. But at the masquerade ball, when when the whistling starts... People, like, random people at the party are starting to look around, like, clearly noticing the whistling is happening and then you mm-hmm. get to the final confrontation and spike is literally like where's the fucking whistling so so it was always actually <laughs> happening instead of being part of the soundtrack so does yeah. andy just have a boombox yes his horse definitely has a boombox <laughs> playing loud, the yeah. western very very western uh whistling yeah <laughs> There's also, uh, I really like, you said it before, but when uh, Teddy blows up the first tower and he's outside, he's like, oh shit. <laughs> it <laughs> oh, falls down and after it falls down, he's like, well, that was mighty close and rides off. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you did absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a part two where Jet is just like, 
oh god i see why no one goes for teddy bomber and it's like it's just this thing of like it's not even the fucking bomber like the dangerous part it's just this fucking idiot on a horse <laughs> this is a huge problem yeah well, <laughs> this the scene in the where spike is telling jet and Faye, and they're just roasting him for this like apparently made up story about a cowboy riding a horse because he was supposed to get groceries for them so he's now trying to explain why he didn't get food and also they can't eat <laughs> Um, which yeah. also is why Faye brings back all the soup afterwards. And there's a great shot at the end uh, when Spike's explaining to Jet what's happening, where they're both just eating the soup now because Spike is no longer threatened by the soup. It's very good. <laughs> they do the same shot that they always do when Ed is on looking stuff up on the PC that's like fish-eyed from like the webcam point of view and everybody's leaning in to look at stuff. Yep. I always like when they do that because it's fun. Yeah, the fish-eye webcams yeah. are great. I wish there were more of those in real life. <laughs> I just love how many times Cowboy Andy is dismissive in some way or another that is absolutely wrong in his undoing. <laughs> like, they do it so fast, so many times. Like, I just love immediately, like, that's enough, Teddy Bomber. I'm, what? No, I'm dressed up as a hippie. It's the guy in the teddy bear. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and then, like, Spike walks up and he's like, hey, motherfucker. And he's like, God, you teddy bomber. He's like, all right, no, come on. Dude. Like, not again. Come on. Oh, like, my it's God. So Speaking of Jet dressed up as the hippie, when he stays in hippie character, <laughs> even after he's, like, exposed Teddy, he says, like, how did you know? And he's like, well, dog, I have this device. And, and of course, Spike's like, and you're dressed like a teddy bear. And then Jet just continues to speak in hippie, even though, <laughs> even though it's done. It's done now, it. Jet. You. Got him. There's also a yeah, great the- scene when Spike is talking about the cowboy to them, uh, where Ayn is carrying the wig. Yes. Um, he's just like walks around with the wig and sit in fate into scene, like right in the front, and you're like, why His is dog that? Dog has long hair. And then the <laughs> part, then the masquerade ball happens, and Jet's in the hippie uniform, and you're like, ah, yeah, the wig. <laughs> It makes sense, too, because uh, Jet is sewing in that scene. And, yes. like, Faye has the little, like, mask thing she's playing with. Yeah, they're clearly already Another... setting up for it. And, like, none of it makes sense until you get to the party. And it's like, oh, of course. Yeah, also... Another detail I really love in this episode is they are so dismissive towards the Teddy Bomber, yes. like, 40 different times. And one at one point, they, like, kind of partially give their reasoning where they're just like, why well, are you worried? Like the whole building's like rigged with explosives. It's like nah, these guys, all they care about is fucking theatrics and style. Like this idiot won't blow it up until he gives a fucking ten minute speech. We'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, they're like his mo <laughs> is not to kill people; it's just to cause damage. So exactly, yeah. Like he's just trying to make a statement. We'll be fine. And then, like when they get locked in the elevator, he's just like, "You have severely underestimated me, you dumb motherfuckers!" <laughs> like, God damn it, stop underestimating me. And then they just like they fuck up and fall for the plan but just get out anyway yep. <laughs> it's really good like they just inexplicably get through it <laughs> i like um the, the entirety in of the inside of andy's ship is it's hard to explain how tacky this is it looks like a roadside <laughs> dime, it's diner. american oh, yeah. richness uh, is what it is there's a hole in the wall and a trough for the horse yes across <laughs> from the dinner table so it's basically like the horse is you know, looking he eats at them with his horse. Dinner with he them. eats with his horse. <laughs> yeah, it's. It reminds me of another podcast, the Andy Daly Experiment. They have this character named Daniel Wilcox, who's a cowboy poet, and like everything about this seems very Daniel Wilcox. But... <laughs> Beautiful. 
Um, this is super tiny, but the uh, like cut screen in the middle of the episode where it's like Cowboy Bebop cut to commercial, uh, it's the Flash Gordon logo. Yeah, and it's yeah, really fucking good. <laughs> like Cowboy Bebop, yeah. but in the in the Flash Gordon logo. Yeah, the uh, towards the end after they after Teddy thinks that he blew up Andy and Spike, like he's down at the fountain and starts like soliloquizing about the explosion. <laughs> yes. and just immediately turns to the camera and he gets a fist in his face. This poor motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, the uh, I mean, I guess I should also point out the music, the whistling theme, like the motif goes out through the entire episode. But the track is called uh, "Go Go Cactus Man," and it's like Ezio Marconi. What Marconi? What? How do you say that guy's name? The guy who did all those Sierra. The, the the Leon films. I know who you're talking about, but I also can't pronounce yeah. Italian. Morricone, I think. Marscapone. The spaghetti western yeah. guy. Yeah, it yeah, sounds we like got that. You. It's straight up that. Yeah. And the fight yeah, scene on the good, roof the is shot and the like ugly that. Was, yeah. Yeah, they spent but a yeah. lot of. Uh, there's one good shot I really liked is uh, during the fight scene on the roof. It shows Spike running from the right side of the screen into like a flying drop kick. And then, like, it cuts to Andy running towards the camera, Spike going over his head, and then him seesawing an eye beam into, like, Spike's nuts. (laughs) It's a great great shot. But yet. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so that's about it for episodes uh, 20 to 22. And next time we're doing... It's the movie, right? Yes, I believe the movie is next. Oh, oh yeah. yeah uh, is... The last thing is the next episode preview is narrated by Andy with Spike getting more and more annoyed. Be like, no, you're not in this show anymore. No, get fuck off, get, Andy. Fuck out, Andy. You're not. <laughs> it's like Andy strikes back. It's like, no, that's not the aim of the, the name of the next episode. Get lost, Andy. You're gone now. I have decided that Cowboy Andy is now part of Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> <laughs> no, Andy, you can't do that. <sighs> yeah, so the movie's so yeah, next. next time. The movie's great. The movie mm. where we have to deal with the character that is the literal opposite of Cowboy Andy. <laughs> <laughs> the movie has... A bit of a shift. If Cowboy Andy is empty flash with no substance, dumb dumb dip shit, yeehaw cowboy shit... We're going to meet real sad boy hours in the movie. It's great. <laughs> well, till next time, see you, Space Samurai. <laughs> <laughs>